Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Man, I'm excited to share a word that God has put on my heart. And I believe that tonight, that God will be glorified, and I believe that hell will be horrified by what's going to be spoken and taught tonight, that God is going to just speak to you, encourage you, empower you. And if you do not know me, my name is Caleb Rivera. I have the honor and privilege of serving here at this church as student pastor ever since I was little. We started off in our living room over a decade ago with just four people praying together. But now look at us. God has blessed us tremendously. We're in this warehouse today, over a decade later, worshiping God, praising God, and God has blessed us with property. I'm just super thankful. That's all I'm trying to say, just to be able to be a part of what God is doing at this church. Anybody thankful and appreciative just to be able to say, hey, I get to be a part of it. Well, tonight, I'm going to go ahead and get right into it. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about fear. Say fear. And I encourage you, if you want to take notes, would love for you to take some notes. I believe that note takers are history makers. They will help you remember it in the long run. Feel free to do so if you guys would like. Um, but tonight, I'm going to be talking about fear. And I believe we have a definition for fear that we can put up on the screen. It says this, fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Now, we're all going to experience fear in life, and I was looking and researching and kind of studying a little bit, getting ready for this message, just kind of seeing what people are afraid of in life, the top fears that people have. And I found the three top fears that people have in life, and I want to read, uh, I want to say all three of them real quick, starting with number three. Anybody want to guess the third biggest fear that people have? Shout your fear right now. Maybe it's a fear of spiders, heights, heights, whatever it may be. Hey, the, the, the third biggest fear that people have in life is actually the fear of spiders. The second biggest fear that people have in life, according to surveys and statistics, is death. And I was surprised that that wasn't number one. But would you believe that number one, the biggest fear that people have in life is the fear of public speaking? Anybody not like public speaking? Me either, okay? But I'm up here with the mic. No. Hey, you know, so, so statistically speaking, uh, what that means is people would much rather have a funeral than have to speak at a funeral. People are just, okay, it's one thing to see someone speak. It's one thing to sit there, but it's another thing to be right here and speak, right? What if Pastor Bobby came up to you and said, hey, you're going to preach this next Sunday. You're going to be just fine. Some of you guys would freak out a whole bunch. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? I've never had to speak to this many people. And some of you guys would be like, oh man, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. I cannot wait. You need to chill out just a little bit, okay? Honestly, certain things in life just just require a calling from God. And I love being able to do this. Honest, I really do. I really do. Um, but I was thinking about the biggest fears that I had as I was growing up. And it's kind of embarrassing to say, but the biggest fear that I had as I was growing up up until the age of 13, was actually the fear of the dark. In fact, believe it or not, this, is, this takes a lot for me to say. I slept in my parents' room on the floor, made pallets and pillows and blankets all over the ground up until the, I was the age of 13. Now, my parents were super gracious and loving to me. My dad actually pushed me out a couple times. Like, you need to grow up, boy. Get out there. But even then, I would much rather sleep 
like right against their door than have to sleep in my room by myself. And I attempted time after time, but I was just so scared. I don't know. I didn't know how to explain it. But thank God, after 13 years, I finally broke out of my comfort zone. I slept in my room. Now I'm not scared of the dark. In fact, I'll pray in the church in the dark all by myself. I'll be fine. Uh, but this is what got me thinking about fear and how fear can play an effect and role in our lives. And I want you guys to grab a hold of this. Fear can make you go backwards. Fear can make you stay still. And fear can make you stop short. It can make you run away, go backwards. It can make you stay stagnant. Or it can make you stop short of what God has for you. And fear has no place in your life. And you may experience fear, but that doesn't mean that you have to be fearful. And tonight, I want to take a look at a story in Scripture where we find the disciples and we find Jesus encountering a scary moment, or at least the disciples were freaking out and the disciples were scared. And I would love for everyone to stand on their feet as we just give honor and respect to God's word as we read it in Mark chapter 4, just for a moment. You can go ahead and turn there. I believe they have it on the screen. You can get on your iPhones or your iPads or just look up there with your eyelids, whatever you want to do. It says this in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. It sounds like the students are having a good time back there, guys. It says this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, in just a little context, this is the storm that the disciples and Jesus encounter as they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. We know the story. Jesus steps out of the boat. He steps on top of the boat, and he says, hey, I rebuke you. Be still in the, the waters and everything become calm. But it says this. He said to his disciples, Jesus, he said, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also another boat with, there was also, there was also other boats with him. A, fear, a ferocious squeal came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a couch. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, say quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Turn to the person next to you, shrug and say, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other. I love this right here, because this just goes to show how powerful Jesus is was and how powerful he is. He, they said this, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. That's an awesome story, right? My sermon title tonight is this, Faith Your Fears. Faith Your Fears. Somebody told me, that sounds like Mike Tyson trying to pronounce face your fears, like faith your fears. But the reason I say faith your fears instead of just face your fears because I think sometimes in life we elevate and we, we raise our fears so much, we put them at the same level that we're at. But I don't want to just look at my fears eye to eye. I want to have enough faith to overcome the fears and obstacles and trials that I have in my life. Because it says in Scripture that we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers through Christ Jesus. we got to faith our fears. Turn to the person next to you before you take a seat and say, it's time to faith your fears. And you can go ahead and take a seat. Thank you for standing in respect of God's word. 
know, I was thinking about like a scary moment that me and my family, you know, had experienced in our life. And um, it took me back to 2015, um, whenever I worked at Chandler Elementary School. And I worked there as a student worker, so I was in the front office working there. Um, I did a lot of different things, and I loved it. God just gave me that job, and I'm super grateful for it. But as I was working there in 2015, I got a phone call while I was in the office, and it was my dad, and I won't forget what he told me. He said, Caleb, you need to come to the college right now. He said, Caleb, you need to come to the college right now. Your, your sister Haley was just attacked, and someone tried to kidnap her. And I won't forget that moment. My heart just dropped, and uh, I kind of lost my breath for a moment. I said, hey, I'm on my way right now. And I, I, I left work early. They let me go. I went to Victoria College to go and meet my sister. And I didn't know where the library was because that's where it took place. So I'm on the other side of the campus, and I get told from somebody, oh, the library's over there. And I didn't have the patience or time to go around the high school, uh, over, around the college, so I went on the college campus grounds, driving my truck on the grass until I got to the library, but I got into the library. Haley's like, what? You didn't know that? Oh, I did it, because I love you that much, okay? Oh, thank you, guys. I'm a good brother, I know. Okay, no, I'm just joking. So I, I got to the library. I went inside, and of course, Haley's shaking up. Of course, Haley's frightened. My family, we're just freaking out, because nothing like this has really happened to us before, and I embraced my sister. I gave her a hug. I was just super thankful and happy to see Haley there. But later on, I asked Haley, Haley, what happened? What took place? And she told me, Caleb, I was studying in the library for a couple hours, and what happened was there was this guy that sat down across from me. And when he was sitting across from me for hours and hours, I got up from where I was sitting. I went outside to my vehicle. I was leaving the library and what happened was whenever I got up, this guy got up shortly after. She walked outside of the door. The guy walked outside of the door, and she was approaching her vehicle. And she got in her car, and she noticed that this guy was coming closer and closer and faster and faster. And she said to herself, what's about to happen? So she, she, she was just about to lock the door. The door was already closed. Before she could, the guy grabbed open the door, and he began to try to pull her out of the car. And she said she was fighting. She was trying to push him off. But to no avail, he ended up grabbing her and pulling her outside of the car. And she said she was fighting for her life. And she said something just swelled up on the inside of her. And she just declared and started speaking in the name of Jesus. Said, in Jesus' name, get away from me. Get away from me. And she said she couldn't explain it. But she just noticed that this guy wasn't putting up as much as a fight anymore. And eventually this guy just decided, oh, whatever. And he gave up and he walked away. He went in his vehicle. He drove off. Haley got away, but, but she still experienced a scary moment. And eventually, you know, later on, the authorities caught the guy, and he was imprisoned. And, and it turns out that this same guy was sitting in front of my dad at another church that he'd visited uh, a, a long ago before, he, before this moment took place. And he was sitting on the front row when my dad was ministering uh, to him. And we wouldn't have known that months and months later this would have occurred. But doesn't that just sound like a scary moment, right? But here's what got me about that story. My, my sister could have reacted and responded in any other way. And I really do think if she would have responded or reacted in any other way, I, I really don't know if she would have gotten away. 
But she started to say the name of Jesus. And I believe that if she would have said something else, I really don't know if she would have gotten away. You need to understand that there's power in the name of Jesus. There is power. If you have an understanding and revelation of reverence for the name of the Lord, whenever you say the name of the Lord, something just happens, something just occurs. But it got me thinking, how are we responding whenever we face fear in our lives? Because if some of us were in that situation, if some of us were in that circumstance, in that moment, we wouldn't be saying the name of Jesus. Some, a, lot, a lot of other words may be coming out of our, our mouth whenever we're facing you know, that moment. You really want to see what's in your heart? Get into a circumstance or a situation that surprises you and see the first thing that comes out of your mouth. And it says in Scripture that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your li- life and death are in the power of the tongue. So in reality, when, whenever you face something in life, your words can actually create your world. So I have a question for you. How are you responding whenever you face fear? Because we're all going to experience fear, but we're all going to respond in a different way sometimes, right? Right? And here's two options you have. You can either respond by faith or you can respond by fear. By faith or fear. You you get what I'm saying tonight? And what gets me about the story with the disciples is that the disciples find themselves in a scary moment. It says that they're crossing the Sea of Galilee and all of a sudden a storm takes place and it's shaking the boat water. Is actually going into the boat. Waves are crashing against the boat. And this isn't just a small storm, but this is more like a hurricane. And it said that it happened right away. And it says that the disciples, they were freaking out. And it says they went to Jesus. And they went to Jesus. They said, Jesus, why are you sleeping? Like, do you care if we drown? Do you care if we, dry, uh, if we die? Do you, do you care about what's going on right now? It says that Jesus got up. He went to the storm, and it says that he rebuked the storm, and it said that everything became calm. And you can say what you want about the disciples. But it's one thing to be there in person, and it's another thing to read it on the pages. Because I guarantee you, if some of us were right there in that situation, we'd be doing the same thing as the disciples, right? So here's another question I have for you guys tonight. Where are you running to whenever you face fear? Where are you running to whenever you face fear? Because, yes, the disciples lacked faith, but at least they went to Jesus. Right? They lacked faith, but at least they went to Jesus. And and if I'm being honest tonight, can I preach for a moment? You're going to face opposition. You're going to face different things in life that are outside of your control. You're going to face some scary, fearful moments in life. And you're going to even question if God is there or if God is real or if God exists and if God even cares about your situation. Am I the only one that's been in that place before? I know I'm, in, I know I'm speaking tonight, but I've been in some situations where I feel like, God, where are you right now? God, do you even care about what's going on? And your mind will trick you and tell you, that God is not real, that God is not there, but that is such a lie. God is closer than you think. God cares about you. It says in Scripture that God would never leave you and he'll never forsake you. It says if you draw near to God, that he will draw near to you. And if you lack faith, I got good news for you. There is someone by the name of Jesus that you can run to who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. If you lack peace, There is someone 
who is the Prince of Peace that has what you need. If you lack love, there is one who is love, and he cares about you so much. But where are you running to whenever you become afraid? Where, where are you running to? Some of us are running to addictions. Some of, us, some of us are running to the wrong relationships. Some of us are running all by ourselves, but God's right here saying, hey, I want you. I, I want you to be with me. I want you to stand by me. I know it's scary. I know things look unfortunate. It may feel like you're by yourself, but I am there. Even in your deepest, darkest moments, can I submit to you, God is still there. If you want to see God work in such a mighty way, get into some trouble. We think that sometimes God is only there whenever we ever, we're ever doing great, whenever we're doing perfect. But may I submit to you that even whenever we're scared, even when we're fearful, even when we made a mistake, God is there saying, hey, I can help you. I can guide you. I can get you back up. Trust in me. But here's what I want you guys to get tonight. The disciples lacked faith, and they ran to Jesus. And you can run to Jesus. I encourage you. If you don't know where to run, run to Jesus. But I do believe that God wants us to have enough faith in him and courage where whenever the enemy comes in, Whenever opposition comes in, whenever circumstances or situations slip in, we don't just run away. Yes, we can run away, run away, run to God, but I believe that God wants us to have enough faith and courage and trust in him where we can stand strong and not let the enemy rock us or move us all over the place and go wherever the wind takes us. We can stand strong and we can push forward into what God has for us. Anybody believe what I'm saying tonight? I believe that. So I believe that there's different areas where we cannot allow fear to take, take hold of our lives. Different areas that we can't afford to fear. And the first area is this. We cannot fear the enemy. Say, we cannot fear the enemy. And I don't know where your mind goes to whenever I say the enemy. But whenever I say the enemy, uh, I'm talking about Satan. I'm talking about demons. I'm talking about devils. I'm talking about imps. I'm talking about principalities. I'm talking about evil spirits. I'm talking about the kingdom of darkness, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to refer to it to. Uh, I'm talking about Satan. Because I think a lot of times we think that our biggest enemy or one of our greatest opponents are other people. But in reality, one of our greatest enemies is actually Satan. In fact, Satan can actually influence other people. And you, got, you can't give too much credit to the devil, guys, honestly. Because C.S. Lewis, Lewis said it like this. He said, there's some people out there that give way too much credit to the devil. There's some people, whenever, they, whenever they're, they're facing a hardship, a financial struggle, sometimes they, they cry out to God and say, God, the devil's just attacking me in my area of finance. He, he doesn't want me to be blessed when in reality, they just have a bad spending problem. And if they only saved, if they invested, they'd be completely fine. Stop going on shopping sprees and eating out for every single meal. You'll be fine, right? Some other people say, oh, God, the enemy, he's attacking my family. He's attacking my relationships. But if they only guarded their heart, if they only, let the, if they only stopped letting the same toxic relationship slip into their life, they'd be completely fine. And, yes, the enemy can use other things that, that, that happen in our life to try to influence us and, and try to take us down the wrong path. But, but I'm not saying to be either or. All I'm saying is you got to have discernment. you got to find a balance you got to know that, that Satan is real, that heaven exists, but, but also hell exists. And, and Satan does not want to be your friend. 
In fact, Satan's name actually means enemy. It means adversary. In other words, the enemy came to steal, he came to kill, and he came to destroy your life. And one of the ways that he does it is with this one weapon, with this one tool, and this is called fear. Say fear. He comes against us in fear. In, in actuality, fear is sometimes just having faith in the enemy. Sometimes fear is just having faith in the enemy. Isn't it funny how sometimes we hold on to so many other things more than we hold on to the word of God? We can hold on to a negative report. We can hold on to a bad attitude. We can hold on to a wrong spirit more than we hang on to what God's word says about us and the spirit of God. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I find myself gravitating to other things that I know do not come from God. And I let fear slip into my life. And in fact, I want to read a scripture to you guys just to back up what I'm talking about when it comes to the enemy. It's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, I did not write this. The Bible says this. And I feel like there's some people in here that don't have an understanding or, or a discernment to know that there's some things happening in your life that are outside of your control. Like, where is this all coming from? Could it be Satan coming against you, trying to take you out? you got to know and you got to have discernment. In fact, I'm reminded of this one time years and years ago, whenever I was praying in my room, and I didn't have worship music on, and I was just worshiping God. I was just praying in the spirit. I felt the presence of God so strong. I was by myself in my room. I had the lights off, and I was, I'm not afraid of the dark anymore, praise God. And I was praying in the dark, and what happened was while I was praying, guys, while I was praying, a loud roar came by the right side of my face. It was like, roar! And I, I knew I did not make this up in my mind. I heard it as if there was a person or if there was a line or something right here on the right side of my face just, just yelling in my ear, and I freaked out. And something told me, you got to turn on the lights. You got to stop praying. You got to quit doing this right now because did you just, but something else, a still small voice was telling me, you know what, that does not come from me. And that does, that does not come from God. You need to push through right now in this moment. You need to push through. So I begin to praise God. I begin to declare and speak and profess the name of Jesus. And whatever it was in that room left. <laughs> believe it or not, whether you believe me or don't believe me, I don't care. It happened to me. I experienced it. And that was a spirit trying to take my, my attention and focus from God. Because I've learned that if the enemy can't destroy you, he'll try to distract you and throw you off course. And I was doing the one thing that I was created to do, and that was to worship and give praise to my God. And would you believe I went to my dad. I went to my dad after that happened. I said, Dad, while I was praising God, while I was worshiping, I heard this loud roar on the right side of my face. He said, would you believe that he told me, Caleb, the same thing happened to me yesterday while I was in prayer. He tried to get to my dad. He couldn't get to my dad. And my dad said that he began just to plead the blood. He began to say the name of Jesus and whatever it was left. He said, he tried to go for you. He tried to go for me. Now he tried to go for you. You did the right thing by pushing through and praying. Oh, well, all I'm saying tonight, church, is sometimes we let the enemy push us around. We let the enemy knock us over. But I think it's about time that we stand our ground and we say, hey, you can't touch me. 
And it says in Scripture that he prowls around, he, he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. But you need to understand this tonight. The devil is not intimidated by you by yourself. Oh, no. If you think you can take out the enemy by your own strength, by your own good works, by your own courage, by, by who you are by yourself and your talents and your gifts and your ability and your intelligence, you stand no chance. But if you come in the name of Jesus Christ, something begins to happen. So the enemy is not intimidated of you. He's intimidated by the one that lives and dwells on the inside of you. It says in Scripture, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave, dwells and lives on the inside of me. So no matter what comes at me, I'm not going to let the enemy knock me back. Hear what I'm saying tonight? And here's what gets me about Jesus and what he did. Oh, I'm about to just drop on you, drop it on you like it's hot, guys. It says like, it says, it says that Jesus and the disciples, they, they, they cross over the Sea of Galilee. And as they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, that a storm took place, right? But do you know what happens later on in Mark chapter 4? After they pass and cross over the Sea of Galilee, they get to the Gadarenes. And it says a man who's possessed by thousands of evil spirits falls down at the feet of Jesus. And he says, son of God, don't torment me. And Jesus asked him, who are you? He said, oh, I'm legion, for we are many. And it says that Jesus cast the demons out of the man into a herd of pigs, and they fell off a cliff into the water. Could it be that the enemy knew that Jesus and the power of God was on the way crossing over the Sea of Galilee and the enemy sensed and had discernment that something was on the way. And they thought to themselves, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just send a ginormous storm at them. Let's try to stop them. Let's try to sink them. Let's try to just throw them off course, make them turn back because we cannot let him get here. But it says that Jesus came out and he said, he, they says that he rebuked the storm and he got to the man and he casted out the spirits. You need to know tonight, there are some things in your life that don't come from other people. They don't come from yourself. They don't just come out of nowhere, but it comes straight from the pits of hell. And you need to have enough authority, and you need to know who you are. You need to know the power that you carry, and you need to say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. You got to have an, oh, man, I'm telling you. You got to come against the spirit of fear and say, hey, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my family's life. Get out of my life. You got to go to the spirit of suicide. Say, hey, get out of my, the spirit of depression, like I said, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of death, the spirit of disease, the spirit of lust. There are different spirits that can come at us in every which way, but you got to know that you are a child of the most high God. See, for every level in life, there's another devil waiting to take you out. You may be saying to yourself, okay, Caleb, this is kind of scaring me a little bit. We're talking about demons. We're talking about devils. Some of you guys are like, I've been waiting for this stuff for such a long time. You need to calm down a little bit, okay? But you need to know if you sincerely follow after God and you're seeing change in your family's life, you're seeing change in your environment, in your community, at your workplace, you're leading people to Jesus. You think the enemy's just going to sit on the sideline and let you do your thing? No, the enemy's going to try to jump in He's going to try to take you out, but I've learned this in my life. Sometimes, whenever I'm doing the right thing, whenever I'm going the right way, 
I'm saying the right things, and all of a sudden, something happens that's beyond my understanding. I know that's from the enemy, and I realize, you know what, if this is happening right now, I'm this much closer to reaching my God-given destiny. And if you're facing any trial or tribulation that you don't understand, you need to stand firm, and you need to say, in the name of Jesus, you got to go. I rebuke you. You guys picking up what I'm spitting out tonight? Awesome. I need to give me a drink of water because my throat's hurting a little bit. One second. Give God some praise real quick. The second thing you cannot fear is other people. Say other people. You know, the very first time that I really heard the voice of God in a clear and audible way was right there uh, where Crystal, Alex, and Sandy are sitting, actually. And it was during a, uh, a Sunday night service. And what had happened was God was moving in such a powerful way at the end of service. And people were being ministered to. People were being touched. And I was sitting with my friends, but they were just messing around, and they were joking around. They were causing a commotion. They weren't focused or giving God attention. They weren't worshiping. And I, I was with them, and I was allowing them to influence me in the wrong way. And what happened was something inside of me told me, Caleb, you need to stand up and worship God. Let me tell something. I've told this to the students, and I want to tell it to you guys. We cannot take God's house for granted. Oh, man, we cannot take God's house for granted. Jesus Christ, you know, he also died to establish the local church. Whenever we come into those doors, we're standing on sacred ground, purchased by the blood of Jesus, that we are also the church. And we have to pay attention. We have to know when to talk and when not to talk. We have to have a reverence and respect for the house of God. We have to. We must have, a, we must have the fear of the Lord in our hearts, right? But these guys were acting up, and something told me, Caleb, you need to stand up and worship God. So I stood up, and I was worshiping God. And I was speaking to God, and what happened was, I won't forget, man, the anointing just came and overtook me so much, man. I, 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 and then all of a sudden, I heard a voice in my soul. I heard the Spirit of God tell me, you see that guy? Because I had to get past, because something was telling me, Caleb, don't stand up. These guys are going to think you're not cool. Like, don't do that. You're not going to fit in with these guys. But something else on the inside of me was just tugging me. You need to stand up. And, and would you believe that after I did that, something told me, hey, you see that man in the front right there? He hasn't been getting a lot of sleep lately. In fact, he's, ha he's been having sleepless nights, and he's worried about his family. He's worried about his kids, if they're even going to make it. I want you to go up to him and tell him that you're going to get sleep at night and your kids are going to be fine. And something inside of me told me, like, what if I'm wrong? Like, right, you know, like, what if I go to this guy and he's like, all right, Caleb, thank you so much. I'm, he's, he's getting sleep, right? I was afraid of what he thought of me and what he would think about what I said. But something inside of me said, okay, Caleb, take a step of faith. So I, I went up to him and I told him what I felt like God told me. Would you believe that he just began to burst and cry in tears? And he said to me, Caleb, I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I've had. And I've been so worried and fearful for the kids and what's going to happen. I needed that, and something broke through in his life that night. And I'm not saying I'm super gifted or whatever. All I'm saying is this. God is looking for people that are willing to step up to the plates. <clears throat> what would have happened if I would have cared so much about what my friends thought about me or about what that man would have thought about me if I went up to him and I was wrong? What I'm trying to say is that sometimes we let the fear of other people dictate our direction so much.
And we cannot live for people's acceptance all the time. I've heard Lecrae say it, one of my favorite Christian artists said, hey, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather be obedient to God than to be popular among men. I want to do what God has called me to do. I want to fulfill everything that God has called me to fulfill. I want to go where God has called me to go. But many times we let other people influence us or we let their opinions affect us. And I, I just go back to the story of Jesus and the disciples on the boat, and it says that the disciples are freaking out. I can imagine them stating their opinions to one another. Can't, Peter, do you see what's happening right now? We're going to die. We're going to die. They're all freaking out. They're influencing one another so much. All I'm saying is this, guys. Sometimes we let people's opinions influence us so many different ways. But whenever you follow after Jesus, you should not care about what other people think about you in your relationship with the Lord. When it comes to going to church, when it comes to praying, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to serving in God's house, I feel like some people are thinking to themselves, oh, I'm just staying back this much. I'm not going to go all in for God because I feel like I'm going to lose some friends. I feel like I'm going to lose some people. I'm afraid I'm not going to be as cool or popular. Let me tell you what, if those were your true friends, they would love you anyways or regardless. And you have to give God your all. Who cares if people know about you? In your relationship with God, coming to church and staying pure until marriage, you cannot let people's opinions dictate your future so much. We let people's opinions bother us so much. And whenever I think about Jesus, I love Jesus because it says that Jesus came up out of the boat after he's asleep. And I can imagine the disciples freaking out, thinking, oh, what's going on? What's going to happen? But it says that Jesus came and he rebuked the storm. I really do think that us as the church... That whenever things are chaotic, whenever things are out of control, whenever the world is getting attacked, when the nation is getting attacked, when families are being attacked, we should have enough peace and faith where we can step into those messy situations and we can say, hey, I know it looks like everything's going haywire, but God is still on the throne. God is still in control. Don't walk by, walk by faith. Don't walk by sight, right? You cannot afford to fear other people all the time. You will experience fear, but don't let fear get you. The third thing and the last thing I want to cover tonight is don't fear failure. Say, don't fear failure. I'm going to get another thing of water. Jesus' name. Come on. The last thing we cannot fear is we cannot fear failure. I'm going to sit down because I need to calm down a little bit, okay? All right. So we got this chair here just in case. We cannot feel failure. And, you know, we don't have time to go over it tonight. Whenever I think about another storm in the Bible, another scary moment, I think about Peter whenever Peter walks in water and he begins to sink. And you'll find this in Mark chapter 6. It says that Jesus and the disciples, they're traveling. Jesus is ministering to people. And it says that Jesus tells the disciples, hey, go on ahead of me. Cross the sea. He says he crosses the Sea of Galilee. And it says that as they crossed the Sea of Galilee, it says that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to stay behind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for a bit. But it says that while the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee, they look around and they notice a man in the distance. And they say to one another, is that a ghost? Who is that? But then they recognize him. And then they say, oh, that's Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come out on the water with you. So it says that Peter, that Jesus allows Peter to come out on the water. Jesus is walking on water Peter steps out of the boat, and Peter begins to walk on water. And it says that he looked down at his feet, 
He noticed the waves. He noticed the wind. And it says he became fearful and he began to sink. But then Jesus came and he picked him up and he said, oh, ye of little faith. Like, why, why do you doubt, right? Why do you, it reminds me of what he told the disciples and stuff whenever they're on the Sea of Galilee, right, on the boat. Like, why do you doubt so much? See, this is what I want you guys to get real quick. Faith got Peter up, but fear brought Peter down. You got to understand that just like faith can direct you to the right place, fear can direct you to the wrong place. In fact, fear is actually faith in reverse. In other words, faith can remove mountains, but fear can create mountains. And a lot of times whenever we follow after God, we, allow, we talk ourselves out of it. We think we're not worthy enough. We're afraid of failing or we do fail. We say to ourselves, oh, I can't get back up. I, I can't go any further. I've realized in my life that my greatest enemy is my inner me. My greatest enemy is my inner me. And that's what it was for Peter, right? You guys are having a hold on what I'm saying tonight. I've been studying. I've been praying. God's been speaking to me. I hope this is helping somebody out tonight. It says that Peter became afraid. He doubted. It says that he failed. But I'm thankful that God just picked him back up, right? God picked him back up. And um, I remember the first time, and we're about to be done. Haley, if you can come on up. I remember the very first time that my dad allowed me to speak on a Sunday. And it really wasn't by choice, and it wasn't really planned at all. But we were at my house on a Saturday night, and my dad collapsed. And this happened in um, 2017, I believe, in around December time. And my dad collapsed. We weren't sure what happened. My mom was freaking out. I said, son, your dad just collapsed. You got to take him to the hospital right now. So I, I took him to the hospital. And this happened at around like 11 p.m. or so. And we get into the hospital, and he does an EKG scan. They, they run tests on his body. And it's around 4 a.m. whenever we get the results. And they said, Caleb, we, we or, you know, Robert, we couldn't find anything wrong in your body. We believe that it was vertical. Praise God. Thank God for that, right? It could have been so much worse. We were fearful. Remember at 4 a.m., and I'm not trying to make this about me. All I'm saying is I was put in a situation that was kind of out of my control where, where something happened, where, where my dad, he told me, he said, Caleb, I, I, can't step up on this, I can't step up this Sunday. You're going to have to preach tomorrow at 4 a.m. And we had an 8.30 service. We had a 10.30 service. And I remember in that moment, something inside of me said, Caleb, you're not ready. But I said, okay, Dad, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because we had no other choice. It was either... I, I preach or nobody preach. I don't know. And wouldn't that be just like, all right, let's get into the words. There's nobody up here. That would be bad. But I said, okay, Dad. And I remember stepping up on there, and I remember preaching both services, and I, I tried my best to look at the notes and get it down, but I, I won't forget how I felt afterward. I'm telling you, there, there's just, I, I felt like I failed because I, I was stuttering. I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. I, I had doubt in myself. I said, Caleb, you're not ready or whatever, and I felt like I completely bombed it. I went through the notes, and I read through everything, and I, after I got through all the notes, and I read it page for page, I said, okay, now what do I say? And it was ended really quick, and I was just like, okay. And I won't forget, I just, feel, I just thought to myself, because sometimes we're our own worst critic. And I'm going to talk to somebody real quick that's given themselves not enough credit. You're doing so much better than you think. Keep your head up. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. God's growing you. He's developing you, and you cannot grow in your comfort zone. And I said to myself after that, I said, Caleb, you're never going to step it back on stage. You're never going to be able to preach. You're just not made for this. And I, I let that, that one moment where I felt like I failed get the best of me. But it, it, as I think about different things that we experience in life, doesn't that, doesn't, that, doesn't that make you 
Don't you ever feel like that after you fail sometimes? See, some of us, we fail and we get down and we say to ourselves, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna get back up because I'm just gonna fail again. Or we, we say to ourselves, I'm not even gonna start. I'm not gonna do that, but I feel like God's telling me to do. Why? Because I'm just gonna fail anyways. But I'm super thankful that my God can turn all things together for good. And your past does not define you. Your past refines you. And it says in scripture that though a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise again. And I feel like there's some people in here that are letting the fear of failure grab a hold of their life where they're saying to themselves, oh, I'm following after Jesus, but I failed. I might as well stay down. I can't get back up again. You might as well not even start. You know about your secrets. You know about your mistakes. You know about your past. You can't follow after God. Why? Because you're gonna fail or you have fallen. That is a lie from the enemy. God loves you so much and God has plans for you in your life. Or maybe you have a fear of reaching out to someone, evangelize, evangelize with someone, ministering to someone, but something inside of you, inside of you is saying, don't do it. They're just gonna say no or applying for a certain job, applying for a certain college, starting the business that God has put on your heart, but you're saying to yourself, no, I'm just gonna be rejected, I'm just gonna fail, I'm just gonna fall. Could it be that what God has in store for you could be on the other side of your greatest fear? Could every, I mean, I'm being honest, could everything that God has for you be on the other side of your greatest fear? And I don't know about you, I don't wanna live a life of regrets because Fear is temporary, but regret can last a lifetime. I don't want to live with a, with a life and a mindset saying, you know what, what if I did go that direction that God had called me to go? What if I did do that? What if I did do, I don't want to live a what if life because many of us are not living in God's dreams for our lives because we're too busy living in our fears. I don't know about you. I want to step into everything, every, say everything that God has called me to step into in, in this year, in the next year, in the next decade. God has plans for you tonight. God is not done with you. He's not giving up on you. You're gonna fail. It says in scripture that all, every person has fallen short of the glory of God. Can we stand to our feet tonight? Don't fear failure. So many of us are not starting things that God has put on our heart because we're too afraid of what hasn't even happened yet. You gotta let your faith be bigger than your fears. Is this ministering to anybody tonight? If you ever feel fear, if you ever feel fear taken over in your life, I wanna give you a weapon tonight. It's called the Word of God. Because this is the verse that I had to quote to myself whenever I face scary moments in my life. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. They can put it up there. And I would love for you guys to repeat this with me tonight. It says, for God, say for God, hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, say power, of love, say love, and a sound mind. The word of God is your weapon. Whenever you face fear, Get the word of God in your heart. It says in scripture, God, I hide your word in my heart so that way I do not sin against you, right? So whenever you face fear in life, you need to memorize the scripture. You need to get it down deep inside of your heart and you need to let it come out of your mouth. I just wanna encourage someone, just feed your faith because if you feed your faith, your fears will starve. If you feed your faith, your fears will starve. Can I pray over you guys before you go? Is this, does this help out anybody tonight?
I really hope it did. I feel the presence of God right now in this moment. I want to pray over you guys before you go. Can you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Oh, God, we worship you. Oh, God, we need you. I'm going to pray over every person in here right now, and we'll repeat something at the end. God, I, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the words that were spoken in this place. I just, I, I just really feel that someone in this place is facing a fear. They're facing something in their life that seems so much bigger than them, God. But I thank you, Lord, that your word says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I speak against the spirit of fear, and we pray for it, and we speak it right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for fear to go. Bless every family member. Bless every soul in this building right now, Lord. We draw near to you, God. You are so good. You are always faithful, Lord. I want you to repeat this after me. Today, I choose faith. I will not let fear control my life. God, give me the faith, the love, and the endurance to push through in your name. Give God a shout of praise and hand. God, come on. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.